0: Hello everyone, this is Dana, your host for Junior Doctors' Corner. Today we have a very special episode. I had the privilege of interviewing Miss Jessica Abbott, who is the sister of late Dr. Chloe Abbott, a wonderful, wonderful medical registrar who unfortunately took her own life in January 2017. Although I never knew Chloe personally, I feel like I've gotten to know her a little bit from Jessica's stories in this episode. If this episode brings up any negative emotions or has any negative impact on your well-being, please seek help. You can speak with a trusted friend or family member or see your GP. You can also contact the Doctor's Health Advisory Service on 0294 We are also here to provide you with support at junior doctors corner you can contact us via uh, private message on facebook or leave us a message in our contact us box on our website Welcome Jessica Abbott onto the Junior Doctors Corner podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, Firstly for our listeners who don't know who you are, can you please tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Well thanks very much Dana for inviting me onto the podcast. It's a real pleasure um, to join you. My name is Jessica Abbott and um, some of you may know my name from The media. Um, I'm the sister, the older sister of the late Dr. Chloe Abbott, um, who we tragically lost in January 2017 to suicide. A bit more about myself. Um, I'm um, a health professional myself, so I've been working in Queensland Health um, as a dietitian for the past nine or so years. Um, And before that, um, along with Chloe, we were both. Australian swimming representatives.
0: First of all, before we jump into the actual content of you know today's um, topic and episode, uh, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you've done uh, for Doctors Mental Health. I know you're very active on Twitter. Um, you're a really big advocate for us, so thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so, for listeners who are not familiar with Dr. Chloe Abbott's story, um, can you please tell us about your sister and what happened to her in January 2017?
1: Sure. So it's a very hard story for me to tell, but I'll I'll do my best to um, to get through it. So um, Chloe is one of three sisters. Um, myself, the older sister, and Michaela is our younger sister. So we. Um, We grew up together in Sydney, um, which is where my family still live now. I'm sort of the only one here in Queensland. Um, Chloe was a very well-respected doctor in Sydney. She was um, a registrar um, four years into her training um, when she passed. Chloe um, was a very, very exceptional young lady, um, not only as a doctor, um, but all of her other achievements in life before actually becoming a doctor she trained as a podiatrist uh, worked in podiatry for a little while and then decided that um, she really had a passion for, for medicine and and wasn't really um, I guess getting everything out of uh, podiatry that she she sort of felt that she could um, get out from herself she certainly enjoyed it but she felt that she could take on another challenge. Chloe really, really thrived at university. Um, She was so passionate about medicine and um, I remember hearing her talk all the time about all of the the issues that we were facing in Australia, particularly um, doctors in training um, and trying to find positions for everyone, um, she was really, really um, a big advocate for doctors in training mm-hmm. um, and it was no surprise when I'd be interstate and um, living still in Brisbane and her in, in Sydney and I'd pop up and look online and see that there's Chloe, um, you know, at, at some sort of rally, um, campaigning really hard and... and um, really being a spokesperson and she continued to do that when she graduated as as a doctor um so she went to Sydney Uni and and started working um in her first year um actually in the Canberra hospital um and obviously being in Brisbane we we weren't always close um in terms of geographical distance but um you could certainly see that she really really enjoyed what she was doing um and she ended up um I always found this a really funny story, but she she ended up moving back to Sydney after her first year as a doctor, and I remember saying, they're trying to get me to, to go back to the Canberra Hospital for this award ceremony, I, I really don't know why, and it turns out she was um, honoured with being Intern of the Year. Wow! Um, so we were like, wow, that's that's really amazing, like she's obviously a fantastic doctor, a standout in her first year, and um, we are really, really proud of that, and she was as well. So um, sadly, though, she wasn't offered a position in and around Canberra. Um, so she needed to come back to, to Sydney um, where, she, where she got offered a job um, and needed to leave her partner at the time to do that, who was also working in Canberra. So I know that was something that was a big, um, you know, a big emotional stressor for Chloe and I'm sure something that resonates probably with other doctors that, you um, Uh, You know, it's not always easy to find um, a job, and certainly, one, you don't really get the chance to stay in the same spot for very long, which does create a lot of your own stresses in your personal life being away from loved ones, um, in addition to working, uh, you know, strange hours compared Mm -hmm. to other friends that perhaps may not be um, in the medical profession. Mm -hmm. So, I know that was a big challenge. For Chloe but um she continued working on and and did lots of different rotations all around sort of Sydney and country New South Wales um and was very much um passionate about medicine and and in particular started talking about her growing interest in becoming an endocrinologist one day and I think that really fit in really nicely with her work that she'd done before as a podiatrist Mm. particularly she had this big interest around diabetic patients so endocrinology um was something that she would talk about a lot. Um, I guess um, as the years went on, um, we started noticing that uh, the, the pressures of medicine um, were really, really increasing. Mm-hmm. And I think as a family, we, we sort of always had thought perhaps medical school would be the hardest part of, of medicine. Mm. We, we didn't have anyone in our family that was a doctor. We, you know, for Chloe, it was a, it was a first for us. Mm. And, yeah, we thought, oh, my gosh, it's so fast paced at uni. Um, she was thriving though, um, but we actually didn't realize um, how taxing it would be um, in those early years of, of being a doctor in addition to moving around and um, the long hours and the crazy rostering shifts, but um, also the exam pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, so we it was a big surprise to us um, when Chloe told us that um, she was studying for a big exam, and I remember myself and my mum and sister thinking, um, this exam, it was in February, it was a big exam in February, and this was probably around the December, um, and Chloe had said that she wasn't able to, um, sort of have dinner with us when, uh, you know, make a plan because she was, she was really hitting the books. And um, it was sort of the December, early January. And then it, t- we found out that that exam wasn't for over a year away. It was the following, uh, the following year's February, and it really sort of hit home to us that, um, you know, the study period was just constant, and, um, you know, having done our own university courses where you sort of study for, you know, your twelve-week yeah. semester and do your exams, it was kind of a, a big eye opener that. Um, you know, this, this pressure of exams was going to be a real long haul, mm. um, and there's so much to, to learn. And I guess um, Chloe's fear around mm. failing those exams, mm. which we at the time thought we couldn't imagine Chloe failing any exams. I mean, she'd always aced every exam, mm. um, all the way from high school through to undergraduate through to medicine. Um, this was someone that, like, I'm guessing most doctors have have achieved really high grades and then when you're faced with a situation that you know um, peers, colleagues have sat the same exams and haven't gotten through, um, I think that was something that was very, very terrifying Mm -hmm. to Chloe and something that we didn't really appreciate until, um, you know, after we had lost her because Mm -hmm. we simply didn't understand Mm -hmm. um, sort of the ins and outs of of medical training. So we noticed um, in sort of the year or so before Chloe did um, take her own life that, um, you know, she she was really withdrawing quite a bit from us as a family um, and really was sort of communicating to us that she didn't have a lot of time um, to spend with us um, because of the amount of study that she was needing to do and her working hours. Um, and that she was working some very, very long hours. And some of that was rostered and others was this extra hours Mm. that she needed to do to Mm. get everything done. And and sort of um, what we're hearing from a lot of other doctors is um, these kind of unpaid extra hours. Um, So I remember um, she had said to the family that, she felt even even taking five minutes away for a phone call was, was five minutes that she had lost. Um, and feeling her expressing that she was constantly feeling like she was getting further and further behind. Um, so we were we were very concerned um, in those years that Chloe was um, going down the basic physician training program mm-hmm. and had had some discussions with the family about. Whether there were any other training programs that might be a little bit more friendly towards work-life balance, we we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, We we, we didn't know what we were talking about. We Mm -hmm. were just really trying to come up with some solutions to see that, you know, Chloe had um, a good balance in Mm -hmm. life because certainly... she was someone that did used to have a very good balance. She was all through uni. She was still really active in her sport. Um, she was still swimming at, at Sydney university. Um, you know, she would, she would have time to see friends and fit in all her study and exams and everything like that. But, um, a lot of that did seem to, um, to lessen, um, once she was really in, in, these, um, postgraduate years of, of her medical training. So, um, Uh, Without going into, you know, any horrific details um, we You know had had noticed a deterioration in in Chloe um, But we didn't really know how severe things were um, and um, We're trying to get Chloe all the help um, that we could um, and thought we were thought that she was having the, the care that she needed and the help that she needed, um, and really thought that things were um, were on the mend, but unfortunately um, uh, we, we lost her on the 9th of January in
0: 2017.
1: Um, and it's just been the most devastating thing that you know, we've ever gone through. Um, I don't think it will ever get any easier to to talk about. Um, it's certainly, um, certainly very hard mm. still. Um, and, but we are trying to talk um, because certainly by having spoken out, we've noticed a massive change um, in the medical, Profession, um, people are having conversations that they weren't having before. Mm. Um, things are changing, um, mm. and that gives us the strength to uh, keep this agenda going and um, honor Chloe's memory because she would want things things to be better for um, for doctors and her friends that are still in the profession. Um, and we can't change what's happened now, but to Chloe, but we can know help make a difference to um, everyone else that's that's still in the in the medical field and their loved ones
0: well thank you so much for sharing uh, that story Um, I can only imagine how difficult it must have been for you and your family uh, losing your beloved sister um, back in 2017 Um, and like you said um, speaking out about um, Chloe's story I think has really made a difference um, in terms of the stigma around doctors' mental health and I think people are slowly but steadily becoming more brave and speaking out about their stories. Um, Like with the recent um, article published in MJ, a um, by written by Professor Steve Robson. I don't know if you've um, had a chance to have a read, uh, but you know I thought that was amazing. Him sharing his story there.
1: Absolutely. I mean, um, since we spoke out, um, the first article um, about um, Chloe's story and and us as a family came out in around March twenty seventeen, and since then we've really been inundated with people reaching out to us um privately people reaching out and sending messages and and saying um thank you and and sharing their stories as well which which really helped us open our eyes to know that this the the things that we had seen were were not just a problem for chloe Mm -hmm. Um, the things that we heard people say about their exam pressures and and hearing from people that had you know had not got through their exams, and um, you know, that their confidence being shattered mm-hmm. and their, their whole image of themselves mm-hmm. um, being affected because they suddenly felt like they were failing, felt mm-hmm. like they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. The fear around sitting the exams again, the amount of study that was going into it. I mean, we, we have memories of seeing Chloe just asleep in her bed, surrounded by books computers everything um, because the pressure was just around the clock you know she she really wasn't taking any breaks mm-hmm. um, because she was so worried about being further and further behind but the, the stories people have shared about their the environments that they have been working in in terms of the hours um, uh, so, so many so many issues um, and, and we're seeing um, you know, new new things come to light. Recently, we've we've seen um, some articles about yeah. um, certain hospitals losing their accreditations, yes. for, for bullying. And it yeah. it finally feels like um, junior doctors have have a voice at the moment, yeah. and a very very powerful and loud voice. Mm-hmm. And we're so thrilled to see um, that people feel like they have the confidence to to stand up yeah. and demand for better, um, because you know you guys deserve it um there's you know been such a movement in terms of patient advocacy but i think um advocating for for doctors is important so important because that's the way that the patients get better is that the doctors are there um, as well as the other allied health and nursing staff but um the doctors you know especially are there to be able to deliver that care to patients and and Mm. if they're not well, and mm. if if they're not um, fresh and you know able to do their jobs, um, how how they should be able to you know those things are not going to happen for for patients. Um, I think having those powerful, high-level, um, very experienced doctors share their stories. Um, you know, for example, my my good friend of our family, Dr. Jeff Toogood, mm. Um, you know, he's been such a game changer in this space and, um, that's why we'll, you know, continue to to talk about mental health for all doctors, um, and also hone in on on those some special issues that we know are kind of unique in the junior doctor space
0: Mm. as well. I mean, it has been almost two years now since Chloe's passing. What do things look like now for you and your family since?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really important question um, and one that I'm sure people would wonder. Um, I certainly, before I had been through this, right when we found out the news, not long after, I remember thinking, I wonder what my life will be like, um, you know, in X amount of years' time and whether things will be easier. And I remember thinking, just to just to get through. I remember thinking, I've, I've just got to keep getting through. I've got to keep getting through, um, and thinking I used to set little dates that, um, you know, if, if I'll get through the next six months and I'll get through them. It really started with getting through the day and getting through the week, and and that um, I did think that things would probably be a little bit easier um, at close to two years. Uh, when it was January 2017, I had hoped that, I think I needed that hope. Um, everybody kept saying that, um, things will get easier with time and you need to hang on to those things. You, you really need to hear that, that things will get easier. Um, not necessarily a time heals all wounds type message, but knowing that the pain is less acute, Mm. um, because certainly, um, you know that initial period um, the pain is so raw that you know you you're terrified to go to sleep at night mm-hmm. and you're terrified when you wake up in the morning um, as soon as you remember what's happened um, so I remember thinking I hope I can get to that point again where My senses are just a bit duller, um, right. that everything is not so acutely painful mm. and I think in terms of where we are now, um, it honestly does feel like it was a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, as strange as it may sound, it, it, it is still very, very raw and still feels very, very close. Um, it doesn't feel like it is coming up for two years, um, which is both ter- which is terrifying, I guess. Um, and okay at the same time um, Because I think I've put less pressure on myself about feeling a certain way in a certain amount of time um, It's I guess each day is a little bit easier um, But still still quite hard as a family um And I think things that make it hard is when you have, as a family, you're celebrating things. I recently got married. Our younger sister, Michaela, is getting married next year. So having those important things in your life and and missing your sister from that is really hard for everyone, looking around and knowing that they should be there, um, acknowledging that they're not. Mm -hmm. um makes makes it very very challenging because Mm -hmm. you're making new memories Mm -hmm. and they're not they're not in them um and it's very painful to think that they're not um that, that you are going to have a lot of more memories um to come that they're not part of i think um certainly we've had a lot of challenges um privately with um with uh having to to get chloe's things sorted out um which was still going on with in terms of um you know managing her her estate and and that can be a very very lengthy process if you've never uh, had to do that before so um it's um yeah, every day is still quite difficult and um, I expect it to be quite difficult for um, probably some time to come. Um, I, I don't know how um, it will ever sort of be much easier. I think, you know, what we've gone through in, in losing Chloe in this way is something that will be traumatic f- forever. Mm. Um, And it, I hope we can get to a place or certainly for myself that, Mm. um, you know, one day I can look back and, and, and immediately I can recall all the happy things and memories with Chloe because right now it's, um, it's so emotional and so sad that I, all I think of is, is the sadness. Um, and it, it makes you sad when you try to recall happy memories because
0: you, you,
1: Realise that there aren't going to be any more of those to be made. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very, very, very challenging. Um, we're lucky that we have been supported by um, other people that have reached out to us that have been in um, similar situations, having lost their one loved one to suicide. Um, whether that be inside the medical profession or outside, I think. Um, they have been an incredible support because navigating this space um, and the emotions that you feel um, you honestly do feel very very isolated Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's um, a horrendous way to lose somebody Um, and I think those people that have been through that experience are very well placed to support, um, support others that um, have found themselves in this situation, so I'm very, very thankful for the support.
0: Would you mind sharing with us, you know, your fondest memory of Chloe? Mm. I think um,
1: probably one that really comes to mind, which does make me both happy and, and sad, is Michaela, Chloe and I had this wonderful day um, where we all loved going to theme parks. We, we absolutely loved theme parks. And we had this brilliant day where Chloe was working as a doctor, but was on some annual leave and came up to stay in Brisbane and we flew Michaela up for the day and picked her up at the Gold Coast Airport and Mm -hmm. we all went to movie world. Mm -hmm. And then we took Michaela back to the airport and flew her back to Sydney that night. So we had this three sisters living in different cities. Chloe was in Canberra at the time. I was Brisbane. Michaela was in Sydney. Um, and we all got to spend this awesome day together at Movie World, just going on a stupid amount of rides. Um, and I get horrendous motion sickness, and always manage to, to throw up at a theme park. And, and M- Michaela never lets me stop. She's like, "You're not slowing us down. Get on with it." Um, so that was that was a really really awesome day. We've got some great photos from that day. Um, I think. Yeah, that was probably one of the, the happiest days I remember seeing her. Um, I remember that we wanted her to have some time off um, and not be studying. Um, but classic Chloe, I mean, we got, <laughs> we got in the car. Um, I got in the car with Chloe and we were driving down to the Gold Coast Airport to pick up Michaela and Chloe opened her bag and she had she bought she bought books with her she had a laptop and she brought books and she said well I don't need to talk to you for this hour hour journey I can talk to you other time I'm gonna get some study done and I was thinking this is classic Chloe like she's maximizing every minute of time and I said well that's fine I'm leaving the music on though um I'm not having it silent for you. Um, She's like, no, it's fine. So she brought these things. Um, Of course we made her leave, all of that stuff in the car for the whole day at the theme park. But um, she had the best time and we had the best time as as sisters together. Um, But the most hilarious thing was, which is classic Chloe, even when she was on annual leave, she was never stopping. We dropped Michaela off to the airport and I remember driving out of the airport about to turn the music up to have a chat on the way home and there was Chloe with her headphones in she dialed into some sort of committee that she was on some sort of teleconference meeting and didn't tell me and I have to sit in the car with nothing on just driving home at night and Chloe was talking about all these things that she was like remotely yeah had linked into this meeting and I thought oh Her life is so busy even when she's on annual leave but at least we've all had this most amazing day um, which was just so fun. Um, The other moment for me that really comes to mind is um, when Chloe won the Australian Championship and was selected on the World um, Championship team and I'd already been selected um, and Chloe was swimming this event um, hoping to win her age group category. She was um 16 um and we thought she's got a really good shot of winning this um winning the 16 years australian title and then the five kilometer event it was and my mum and i were watching um and it takes about an hour so it's it's a fairly long race it's absolutely intense absolutely brutal the amount of training chloe did for for that um was incredible we're sort of talking you know she'd be in the pool 80 kilometers a week uh, doing gym sessions so and she was going to school at the same time so she herself and myself as athletes um, we we very much grew up with maximizing every spare minute of your time because we were we did study in the car on the way to and from training mm-hmm. or try and sleep whatever we needed more um, but we, we were quite time-poor with um, you know the the level of training that was required and um, but yeah, she was in this race and she was. I remember seeing her coming towards the finish line, just doing this amazing time. Um, and she won. And then her time was so brilliant that because they staggered the starts of different age ranges um, so that it was kind of more spaced out, she'd won the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just being like, oh my God she's 16 and she's off to the World Championships and we were the first sisters um, that had um, represented Australia at the World Swimming Championships. Um, There'd been a set of sisters before us that went to the Olympics um, in the 70s, so it was the most amazing moment for us as a family. When you do represent Australia in swimming, you get given a a swimmer number and it's um, your order of where you've come in terms of representing Australia, dating back to um, the first person that, that did that um, for the first uh, in 1986, uh, 1896, I think, or 1900, the very first time we actually sent someone to the Olympic Games for swimming, which I think was 1900, but there'll be some swimming historian out there that will say, <laughs> you're four years out, yes. Um <laughs> It was around about that time. Yeah. And um, I've got my swimmer number and Chloe's swimmer number um, tattooed on on me mm-hmm. um, with the Abbott sisters and our logo from that mm-hmm. um, swimming team as as a permanent reminder um, mm-hmm. of of what we achieved because uh, I know Chloe wanted to um, she she did have that tattoo on her but um, she hadn't added her her representation number um, and I hadn't done that either so. Um, I just decided after she passed, I was like, well, there's never been a better time to Mm. add this on. So I got a hearse and I got mine. Mm. Um, And yeah, I'll be forever proud of um, what she achieved in in her sport. Um, She was amazing as as a swimmer, I had to race her at one point in her, (laughs) yeah. In her event, the five-kilometer event, I was a pool swimmer, so my event went for like five minutes. It's got nothing on a race that goes between if, well, she did the five-kilometer, it went for about an hour, and sometimes she stretched herself and did the ten-kilometer, which is like two hours, so it's like a marathon. Um, And I had to race her once, just one time in the five-kilometer event. My coach made me do it as a training exercise, Um, and I'll never forget swimming next to her and in open water you you don't really know who you're swimming next to you all have the same cap and you can't really see what's going on it's it's incredibly rough and when you're a pool swimmer you're used to just going up and down the black line and i'll remember this swimmer just constantly next to me trying to like edge me out and and um <laughs> thinking oh my god this swimmer is so rough um like i was just like staying in my own spot and she touched me out um and this was this was about a year or two before she actually continued to improve and made the Australian team. Um, she was really, you know, gaining gaining momentum in the sport at that time. But I remember getting out and just thinking, "Oh my God, this this event it's so tough. I'm never doing it again." And I remember seeing Chloe just offer me a drink and. Like I didn't even want to talk to her because she was so she was she was pushing me around. She just she just said just toughen up. Um, she's like, what are you on about? So I was all getting upset and everything like that. And she just took it in a stride. And and I think from that moment I realised like she's gonna go places in open water. Like I was, I decided, yeah, I'm sticking to the pool. This is way too hard for me. It's too it's too tough. It, there's too many factors But she was just. um you know as tough as nails um, and that's why we don't really you know buy into just talking about resilience mm. um, and, and that resilience is the solution for everything mm. absolutely yes resilience is important um, and there's things that we can do to, to make sure that you do have those basic skills mm. there but um, Chloe was so resilient I mean you don't you don't um, you know you don't represent Australia in the marathon swimming events as a teenager, mm. while you're finishing school, acing your school exams, getting into you know, mm. getting these amazing scores, um, you know, without having that that resilience, you need that mental toughness in sport. And Chloe certainly had that, and and she didn't lose that when she went into medicine. She she didn't lose that. Um, there were just other things that, um, you know, uh, really came in into. Came into her life, and um, you know, sadly, her health really deteriorated. Um, and there's many, many facets of that. Um, but I think certainly the way she was working wasn't wasn't helpful mm-hmm. helpful to her. And um, we really did, you know, want her at that time before she passed. We really did want her to leave medicine mm-hmm. and um, go back to working in her old profession, where she did have a lot more balance in her life.
0: So as doctors, what do you think we should do differently um, to prevent suicides like Chloe's in the future?
1: I think there's a lot of good things that um, is starting to happen at the moment. And I think one of the big ones is just having conversations with um, your loved ones. Um, especially if you've got family members like what Chloe did, like us, that, you know, we weren't doctors. Um, I work in health, my mum works in health, but but we're in professions that are very different mm-hmm. to the medical profession. So talking to your loved ones about what you're going through, um, how they can help you because you do feel lost as a loved one that when you don't know how to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know how to help. You don't know the answers. You feel like you're not saying the right things because you at the end of the day you don't understand the situation like what they do but I think um doctors actually talking to their family members loved ones um I think that's a great place to start and then I think it's about having conversations with your colleagues Mm. at all levels your juniors your seniors and making that normal and I think uh the thing I really like about um, Jeff Two Goods Crazy Socks for Docs Day and why our family is so passionate about supporting that cause is that's exactly what it does. Mm. Um, it opens up conversations um, and makes people feel like they're not alone because one of the biggest things that I learned from from this, the people that contacted me and, and my family is that one of the common themes was everyone was saying... I thought I was the only one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anybody else mm-hmm. was feeling this way. And that came through so many times. Um, and I'm convinced that Chloe would have said the same thing. Yeah. Um, we've had people that knew Chloe that you know mm-hmm. have said, I wish we could have talked about this because mm-hmm. she didn't know that I was feeling the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we will forever be on board with Crazy Socks for Docs because it is, yes, it's one day a year, um, but it, it's more than one day a year. Um, it's about continuing on those conversations and, and it absolutely um, does make a difference. We've seen it's gone global um, and I I just think it's such an important conversation to have. and. And yeah, can continue on um, with each other because doctors are going to be their best supports. Yep. Doctors supporting doctors um, is is going to make such a difference. Um, you guys are such a powerful group, and I think everybody supporting each other, whatever mm-hmm. level you're at, because we know that it's not just junior doctors, it's not just senior doctors, it is all doctors that mm-hmm. um, this can affect, mm-hmm. um, and you know being open and honest and knowing that it is okay to take time off mm-hmm. um if you need it um is really important i think having having looking after your mental health um we we seem to be fine when people say i'm sick and you can hear they've got a terrible voice or they've got a heavy cold or something and you can attack you can see that physical illness and oh they definitely need time off but the the illnesses that don't have those symptoms um you know it is people do feel guilty about admitting that they need some time off or getting help so i think um if we create that space where people know that it's important and and they can feel supported to do that i think that's going to make a massive difference um because you know i've heard lots of people say oh if i'm if i take any time off i'm going to let the team down Mm and and all of that and um yeah that 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 is that is definitely a worry everybody worries about that but if we change the culture where um you know people feel supported to look after their health and and know that it's important um it is going to make it easier for people to access the help that they need and have the confidence that they aren't alone i think that's the biggest thing um knowing that you're not you're not alone i think in terms of look there's so many strategies that that um, have been talked about, Um, work hours is Mm -hmm. a massive one. You know, we we have safe work hours for a reason.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And that's something that um, I think managers, um, you know, hospitals, um, the big wigs, I don't know the exact names for them in medicine, but um, we need to have – things in place to protect people. Um uh, because you guys are so diligent, you're so hard working. You know, someone gives you a crazy shift, you're like, okay, this is the norm, you know, we just keep going. If, and if you're in, you know, yeah. my profession, we're like, hang on, 430, what do you mean you work after four I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I guess, um I guess uh you guys just push yourselves to the limits. Um, and we need to kind of protect you guys from yourselves. I think. <laughs> Sometimes, um, you know, having those safe, safe work hours, yes. um, because you're going to make mistakes when mm. you're when you're overworked, um, and you're also, you know, there's no time to look after yourself as mm. well if you're spending all mm. your time mm. actually on on the job as well as if you're studying for things as well. We've got to we've got to do things better. We've absolutely got to do things better. Um, but I think. The conversation has changed a lot, even just in the last year and a half, um, and I don't think it's going away, which is which is super encouraging. So uh, we just got to keep moving forward um, and hope for change. And Chloe would definitely be in support of that. I know she would have big sign up and be really advocating, and you know she would she would go hard for this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, she doesn't have that voice now, we're her voice for her, mm-hmm. um, so we'll, we'll keep doing it for Chloe. Uh,
0: so you've already touched on a little bit of this um, with the previous question, but um, what are some of the things that have kept you sane during crazy bu- busy times as a health professional yourself and a former athlete?
1: Well, I've realized that um, I am pretty lucky in that Um, I do have good working hours and conditions, um, which makes it a lot easier. Um, I've taken, recently taken on um, doing some more exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Having been an athlete, I kind of gave up a lot of my exercise a little while ago, um, but I've just felt in the last couple of months that I was ready to tackle doing some exercise again, not in a competitive way, but just in a Mm -hmm. Health and well-being way, um, so that's that's something that I think can make a big difference. Is um, you know for your own mental health and well-being, um, is trying to make some time for some exercise, whether it be just going for a walk, um, you know, finding a gym class that you can do with with a buddy, mm. um, anything that you really like. I think um, that is something that I know Chloe really enjoyed doing and wasn't doing a lot of that um, in probably her last year as a doctor um, simply because of not having enough time. But I think somehow making some time that that is, is a priority, Um, you know, to get, to get your 30 minutes in, you know, Mm -hmm. most days where you can. I think for me as a health professional as well, I think um, eating really well is important. Like my background is a dietitian Mm -hmm. and Chloe used to talk to me a lot about, Mm -hmm. about this. Um, She, we had this, funny time funny conversation where I said you need to have some sustagen, like you need sustagen at work and I wasn't really being serious but I knew she wasn't <laughs> eating really well I knew she wasn't eating well um, I could see you know that she wasn't and yeah a couple of days later she's like Jess that sustagen is fantastic and she's like you know what more doctors are coming on board. It's like someone who started on salsagen as well. And then she'd send me these updates of like more doctors (laughs) that had started on salsagen because it was this quick drink to have for lunch. And I thought, I don't know if that is a good thing. You guys should be having a break and having something, you know, solid. I was like, my patients need salsagen. But like, yeah, but I mean, (laughs) uh, I think your nutrition is, is important. Um, taking, taking some time to have some good quality meals. Um, and there's lots of options for that, whether it be, you know, you can get meal delivery services mm. and things like that now. But I know, um, you know, there's that temptation to just be Uber eating mm. a pizza <laughs> or something yep. and, and, you know, you've got to look after your nutrition that way. But I think other things for me, um, you know, just taking that time out to whether it be have a bath or go see a movie and and not feeling guilty about that. I wish that's one thing that Chloe didn't have to feel guilty about because I know that she did. Any time she sort of took out, she felt that um, it wasn't the right thing to do, that she should, oh, I shouldn't watch this show, I shouldn't watch this movie, I I should be Mm -hmm. using that time productively but I think it's that shift in mindset that, no, like we do need these periods of time, whether it be for exercise, doing baking, you know, um, watching some shows, connecting with loved ones, going out for coffee with people. Um, that that's okay and that's normal and that's healthy to do that as well because otherwise we can get just feeling that everything has to be work, work, work Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not the normal balance. So I think as well sometimes people outside of the medical field may be better able, like your family members, friends, loved ones, you know, might be better able to say to you, hey, you're working a bit too much or mm. are you taking time for these things? Because sometimes if everybody else is doing it, I know that's what Chloe would say, but everyone's doing this. Yeah. This is what everyone does. Like yeah. you guys are the weird ones that, mm. <laughs> that aren't doing this because when you're surrounded by everyone yeah. um, that's doing the same things as you,
0: You feel the pressure.
1: You feel the pressure. So now all I can do is just encourage others to look after themselves um, and seek that support Mm. um, and prioritize yourself. And I think when you're an athlete, you're very good at everything's about you and your performance. When you're an individual athlete, you're in control Mm. of your performance. Um, And I think that is important to remember whether you're an athlete or not, you're in control of you and you you can influence where you go and what you do. Um, and I think that looking after yourself is, is a massive part because generally people aren't going to tell you, sit down, you, or don't come to work today, you need a rest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're, you're in control yeah. of, of what you do.
0: Well, thank you so much, um, Jess, for coming on to Junior Doctors' Corner. Um, that was very insightful. And you and your family have done a wonderful thing opening up this topic and conversation getting people talking and getting people comfortable with the idea that doctors are humans too and you know we, we we're just like everyone else um, we need to look after ourselves
1: yep absolutely well thank you so much for having me it was um a great opportunity um to to come onto your podcast and, and a little dream of mine I've always wanted to be on a podcast I've I want to do a podcast one day but I really don't have anything interesting to say I think so so this was awesome to get to fulfill a little dream of mine of being in the podcast world so thank you very much You're You're welcome. thank you
0: for more episodes head to www.juniordoctorscorner.com